Hi everyone, it's Allison here. For many years, I've been obsessed with the idea of customer-led selling. The idea of enabling your customers to sell for you based on their incredible experiences with your product and company, rather than us as the vendor having to sell to a prospect cold. Back in 2017 or so, I posted to LinkedIn about how cold calling is terrible for everyone, not just the customer, but the sales rep too. Wouldn't it be better if the salesperson led with a customer story that was relevant to me as the buyer? It would help me understand the actual value that a product has delivered, not just its hypothetical value. The post went viral, but for years, I didn't see any company systematically leveraging customer advocacy in this way. Every CEO knew that customer advocates were among their company's best assets, but their efforts to cultivate them were ad hoc at best. And then I met Gary Zernemer, CEO and founder of Vouch. We had a mind meld about the importance of harnessing your customer advocates, and he had some breakthrough ideas about how to do it. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and feel free to reach out to me with any feedback. Let's dive in. Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to talk about customer advocacy with you, which is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I think we're going to have a great conversation. So thanks for joining. Likewise. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. To start, I think it would be great to share with the audience the journey that you're on and um, specifically the mission of the company that you started, which is like squarely all about customer advocacy. Can you describe exactly what Vouch as a product does and how it might be different from other types of solutions that folks could use for sharing customer stories? Yeah, of course. So, so Vouch is a, it's all browser-based. There's no apps or Chrome extensions or downloads. Everything's in the browser. It's, it's a platform that allows you to basically go out with a set of structured questions to someone, collect video content through a link. So you can send one-to-one or one-to-many. So it's a single link you send out. The video comes back into Vouch. You can edit it. We automatically add the transcriptions. You can edit those as well. So there's like a middle component of editing and managing the content. And then you've got all the clips available to you that you can share through Vouch. So we have embed codes that you can drop onto any web page or wiki or Notion or whatever it might be, a sales proposal. You know, at the very base level, you can download the individual high quality clips out of Vouch if you want to use those externally. And then we can push into social and other channels for you. So it's really about that pipeline of video from collecting, editing, and sharing content, but it all happens in the browser with a single link. So it's pretty scalable. Can you talk about what prompted you to start Vouch? Yeah, I mean, it's probably been a journey over, I'd say almost 15 years of entrepreneurial drive. Like when I was 18, I actually tried to start this app development business, which was a long time ago, I won't reveal my age, but it was myself and, a, and a, my friend who was our co-founder. And we both had this sort of like drive to build something in technology and drive some digital change, especially in Australia, it was quite early to do that, but we just didn't have that technical resource to back us up. So it was a bit of a failed experiment at starting a business at 18. And what it, it taught me was like, go out to the real world, work with legit technology companies and tech leaders and understand that space. So that sort of drove me into technology and, and I'm a trained marketer as well. So I've always had this sphere of marketing, technology, content production, brand that has been in my world. And yeah, Vouch was the, the genesis. It feels like the dots have connected across working with large brands to create content for them, trying to understand the video space, you know, looking at social, working at Canva, you know, from a product-led growth perspective, everything linked up. And the idea came through sort of, I guess it's a bit, bit cliche, but during COVID, everything stopped, including video production. So we were at Canva trying to scale this customer advocacy piece. And we had global customers, some amazing customers globally. And even, you know, previous roles, like video has always been difficult. And the notion of video production has a bunch of connotations, right? It's expensive. 
it's time consuming for both parties, the person who's sitting in front of the camera. And when you translate to that to customers, it puts a burden on the customer. So it takes away the, the magic of video production. And so Vouch was the genesis of what if we could build in browser technology, super lightweight, you know, one link to be able to build structured questions, get video content back, and then use that for a bunch of use cases. But the biggest one that we thought about was testimonials and customer advocacy. And how do you bring the voice of the customer through video in a simple, lightweight way that anyone globally, whether it's a big business or a small business, is able to do that. So that's kind of the genesis of that. I remember back in the day doing exactly what you were describing, bringing a bunch of customers together at an in-person event where they might have been already attending so that we could kind of grease the wheels, corralling them into a separate room and then kind of one by one interviewing them with with a videographer and a staff. It was this like big production. And what I found through that was that there were just a lot of hurdles to gathering customer stories, which I think if you talk to any salesperson, I know you've been in sales or, or a customer success person. I mean, you'd know that customer advocacy is one of the most powerful forms of content that you can use for selling. So anything that you can do to reduce the hurdles on customer advocacy, the better. Totally. I sense that a lot of other people feel similarly to the way I do. So can you talk a little bit about maybe a bit more about like what are the frictions to gathering customer stories today? And then how have you set about trying to cut down those hurdles? Yeah, I guess that we've, we've both got perspectives here, right? So as a former CS leader or COO, and then you know from my sales leadership side, there seems to be this triangle traditionally in an organization between marketing, sales, and CS, especially in B2B SaaS, where marketing is generally responsible for creating these customer stories. Like it tends to fall on marketing shoulders to create these video assets and to build a library that a sales and CS team can use. CS tends to want to rightfully guard the customer, right? From a time perspective, marketing and sales are always like, oh, let's just ask the same customer that we love over and over again to tell our stories and to be on camera. And it's okay, but then the customer ends up almost working for the organization as an advocate, and it's not like a healthy relationship. So we always talk about this triangle of pain. So you've got marketing is responsible, you know, and there's budget considerations. CS is kind of like, well, these are our customers we need to actually nurture and guard and not get them to do everything for us. And then sales is like, just give me the stories. Just give me customer stories I can use because the reference... And social proof just moves deals along so much faster. Like from the beginning, everyone has that reference call where they try and schedule it for a couple of weeks and they get two customers on the phone together. And it's just, it's a bit of a mess. So we just thought that Vouch is an opportunity to solve that. If sales, marketing, and CS can collaborate, the technology enables that collaboration. So marketing can drive the questions that they want to ask and the story they want to tell. CS can really simply say to the customer, hey, this is really lightweight. You're just going to get a link. You can record it in your own time. And then sales jumps in, whether it's like through our Vouch or Slack integration and pulls the content out really quickly. They don't have to bother marketing or they can just jump into Vouch and pull links out and share it. So we're trying to take care of that triangle of of customer advocacy that we think is, is kind of painful for most organizations. So are you democratizing the collection of customer stories in a way? I, that's how I think about what you're doing, but, but challenge me on that and use your words. Yeah. I mean, I think testimonials for us is a wedge into a larger problem, which is how do you create short form video in a really simple, scalable way, right? And I think as important as customer advocacy is we also have people coming to us and saying, you know, our employees have an amazing story to tell, like from an employer brand perspective in a really tough recruiting market. So, you know, I want to hear from you know, someone who's been with the business for five years, we just did a wonderful piece where Prosper, an Australian organization, they went out to everyone who'd been with the business for five years or more with Vouch. They collected their favorite stories over those five years and they showed it at a town hall in front of like 500 people. And we got this amazing piece of feedback. It was like, this was the best received piece of content ever. It was low production, but the guys loved it. People were clapping and laughing. And for us, it was validation that actually it's not about spending 
hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. It's about the stories. And so what we're trying to do is democratize short form video collection, editing, and sharing that enables a range of use cases. But you and I are like particularly passionate about the customer advocacy one. So that's where we started. And that's where, where I thought that the real problem for most organizations was. And then it's sort of naturally expanded from there. It makes a lot of sense that you're expanding to different use cases because initially with employees as an expanded use case, employees are a type of customer that CEOs are increasingly very concerned with in terms of their happiness, their retention, attracting new employees. So just as you know, you can attract new customers by sharing customer stories, you can attract new employees by sharing employee stories. So I love that. I do want to talk a little bit more about customer advocacy because it's such a passion point of mine. And I, I know a lot of customer success folks are subscribed to the newsletter. So Can you talk a little bit more about why is customer advocacy important and especially why is it important right now? This is how we connected, right? was around the customer advocacy piece initially. And it's such a serendipitous story that we should tell one day, but it's everything in my mind. If you think about the role of a SaaS business, you're providing these products to a customer base who have to love it, you know, and especially in this sort of increasingly PLG world. The way your customer talks about you and, and sort of the stories they tell is, is everything in my mind. And it doesn't always have to be shareable. It can just be user feedback. You know, advocacy can be someone saying, guys, we love this feature, but this feature is lacking and needs to pick up. And, and that voice of the customer is most critical. I think it drives, you know, if you are in a sales-led model, it drives trust. It drives velocity of deals. You know, it moves things through funnel much faster. We talk about like the sales cycle when you outbound someone or if you send a cold message, you have to build trust very quickly. How do you do that? You need to bring in a customer story that's like-minded for the person you're talking to. You know, when a deal in the middle of that cycle is slowing down or people are assessing, you know, competitive solutions, again, we're looking at that sales cycle. You want to bring in that customer advocacy piece in the middle as well to say, hey, we know you're looking at a number of solutions and that's absolutely what you should be doing, but here's a few people just like you that are seeing a ton of value from our product. And then right at the end, when it's decision-making time and everyone says, cool, we just need to do a reference call. That reference call is like, like anxiety inducing for a number of reasons. Okay, now I've got to go back to the same customer I always ask to be these reference calls for. I've got to schedule it across time zones. I've got to get the potential customer and the existing customer together where the salesperson is often not in the call. So there's no flow of information control. And so stories just help. It just helps to have a library of amazing customer advocacy throughout the sales cycle. And then from a CS perspective, the CS team does such an incredible job post-sale in a traditional environment to, to build this amazing relationship. And then... There's so many points to be able to drive more customer advocacy, you know, after onboarding, we'd love to hear what you thought about onboarding with us, you know, at the 30, 60, 90, 120 day marks. Like there's so many points to capture stories. So that's why I think it's important. I think it's not a one-off once a year project, to, you know, do a couple of testimonials. I actually think it needs to be embedded within an organization. You know, back in 2017 or so, I was posting a lot about this notion of customer-led selling, which is all about essentially having your customer sell for you, right? Like so yeah. often, when, as you said, you're, you send a cold email or you're, you're selling to a customer that hasn't used your product before, you're selling hypothetical value. And it's so much better for the customer and for the salesperson if you can just say, here are some customers, as you said, just like you, who have derived like real ROI from this product. And here's it in their words, right? Like we don't have to paraphrase, let's just let them talk. I think this kind of customer-led selling could be particularly powerful in a PLG context. I know you've had a lot of adoption among PLG companies. Why do you think that is? I think this is the model, the PLG model is even more reliant on customer advocacy because you've got all these touch points where you don't have someone 
contributing an idea or into the conversation from a sales or CS perspective. So if someone lands, even from an, if you start all the way at the top of the funnel, what's the best way to get someone interested in your product? Obviously you want to tell the story of what it does, but having a like-minded customer or someone referenceable in that acquisition piece in the ad we found has been by far and away the most successful. And I think that's validated not only in B2B, but in B2C. So a lot of the consumer brands like the makeup brands and fashion brands, you'll see user-generated content coming through. And so there's a bunch of trends like that's, I spent five years selling user-generated content technology to consumer brands like Apple and Unilever and McDonald's and L'Oreal. It's the way that people buy B2B SaaS today is merging very much with how people buy consumer products. They want to do their research. They want some proof points. They want to go onto a website. They want to see more proof points. They want to get the information they need and they want to put their credit card down in a PLG model. And that, if you look at that flow and, and sort of map it against the consumer product flow, it's, it's pretty similar. So that's why we think you actually need more social proof in a PLG model because you don't get to have that input from a sales and, and CS perspective as much. I want to switch gears to best practices for customer advocacy. I, I do think that this is an area that not many people are well-versed in because I, I think ownership has been a little ambiguous in the past. Yeah. Let's start actually with that question. Who should own customer advocacy? The cool part is there's actually emerging industries with roles and titles around customer advocacy. I'll give a shout out to one of our customers, Crowdvocate. Their entire organization is built around sort of highlighting customer marketers and customer advocacy programs and there is this field of really talented people in some of the biggest organizations in the world that own it. And their job is to bring the voice of the customer through in stories and also feed that back into the team. So they are the voice of the customer. I think it's amazing to see actual roles and titles emerging around this from an advocacy perspective. But if that role isn't there or it's a smaller organization, you know, our approach of Vouch is that everyone owns it from engineers to designers to myself to the team. It's basically the voice of the customer has to flow through everything, especially in a PLG model. We get support tickets and sometimes those are buying signals. Sometimes those are people with feedback. Sometimes it's people that are stuck. So actually it's a bit of a generic answer, but in a small organization or a startup that's growing quickly, I think everyone should be hands-on with the customer. But I do think that you know, as the organization gets bigger, it probably tends to fall on marketing shoulders a little bit to drive that customer advocacy piece. But if there's technology like Vouch available, it means that it can be more collaborative. Sales can bring in signals and say, hey, I think this potential customer could be a great advocate. CS can nurture that. Sales and CS, if they have the best relationship, they can ask them to record video content and set up the questions and marketing can take that and run with it. So technology blurs the lines a little bit rather than putting it in one camp, I think. Do you think there has been a shift in the sense that it used to be, you know, in the days of hiring videographers that marketing would own it because they maybe own the relationship with the agency that would help kind of coordinate these videos, but, and maybe now ownership is more widespread or am I just putting words in your mouth? 100%. No, I completely agree. I think marketing, I mean, to be very, very blunt, because they had the budget, right? Like the marketing <laughs> generally had the, had the budget to go to an agency and say, okay, we need to do, we've got budget to do two case studies this year, which is a problem in itself, because two case studies, if you're selling into many verticals and many different buyer personas, doesn't really get you very far. So marketing would say, we had one customer that spent, I'm like not name them, but they spent $50,000 on a two and a half minute video. And that was from the marketing budget. And like, that's wild, man. Like that is, that's, that's a lot an of money. Exorbitant amount. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's not, they're not an outlier. People are flying across the country. They're putting them in a seat in a conference room, I guess, just like this one, but they, you know, spending 50 grand. So I think it traditionally was marketing saying, look, we'll drive it. We've got budget for X case studies. We've got the agency. We'll do the production. We want creative control over the brand, the quality, and then sales and CS sort of sit there and they're just waiting for the content to drop basically. And I don't think that's a healthy relationship. Our opinion, whether it's controversial or not, is, is that you don't need glossy 
Christopher Nolan style case study videos. You just need real people talking about real things and like the value that they got from the product. So it strips back that urgency to have this super highly produced case study. My personal opinion is that we do it as well as a SaaS startup. You want beautifully produced demo videos or brand storytelling videos or whatever it might be, or you might have some really high quality case studies that you want to produce and that's fine, but you should be supplementing that with authentic, short, real content. And that's kind of pulls it away from marketing because it democratizes it across the organization, as you say. It strikes me that there's something actually maybe even more powerful about a short video that's been recorded by someone in their kitchen or their totally. home office, simply because it's super authentic. And you, like, yeah. you know it's real, you know that they were not necessarily prepped with a detailed script and there's not someone there making sure that they use exactly the right words to describe the product. It's just their real experience communicated by a real person. 100%. I mean, we, our best testimonial for Vouch is someone on holiday that we asked to do it in a time frame, but he was walking on the beach with his kids and it was amazing. It's literally, first of all, it's a beautiful backdrop. And he's like just talking about why he likes working with Vouch and his kids are there and it's an amazing piece of content. We couldn't have, it would have cost us a hundred grand to do that. We had to fly to Bermuda or wherever he was, but it's actually amazing. It's pretty incredible to see. And then I think the other side of it as well is people are coming to Vouch and saying, how do we make it less scripted? Can we have for instance, we got a feature request the other day where someone asked, can we have the question pop up for two seconds only so that the person doesn't have that much time to prep and it's an authentic, real answer. So it's really interesting to see that need for authenticity come through, especially in the feature request we're getting as well. I'm curious to know how you assess whether customers of Vouch are getting a lot of value from your product. And it might be related to a different question, which is like, how do you actually measure customer advocacy? How do you know if one of your customers is really good at this? I mean, our best customers take it end to end, right? So they, they set up the questions, they send the link out to one or multiple, like with Vouch, you can send it to thousands of people at once if you want. And then they get these really brilliant videos back. Probably our best customers have got 30 or 40 videos back in a 48 hour period, because all the customers are recording at the same time. All of a sudden they've got the world's their oyster. They've got all this library of, of high quality video content because we bring it back in HD. At the very minimum, they can download it if they want and they can cut it up externally into like really you know, editing heavy process tools if they want, or we provide editing and sharing tools within Vouch. But the best customers are then saying, we love that. It's raw and authentic. I'm going to take a clip. You can trim in Vouch and they drop it into their website with an embed code. So they've gotten what used to take them six months was to get a testimonial live on the website has taken them a week. And that for us is like the biggest measure of value. And some of them are doing it for free. Like we still have this freemium product where some of these customers are doing it for free. And that's awesome. We love it. They're recording video. It's heavily vouch branded, but they're cool with that. And, and that's part of our PLG sort of viral model. And then it comes into the website and they drop it on through one of our free embed codes and they haven't had to pay a cent. So that for us like is the magic moment if you can embed and share this stuff really quickly. And that's kind of what we measure the business on as well is velocity of video production and, and getting it out the door. So if we can shorten that cycle, it's awesome. And I think the broader question around advocacy, how do you know if it's working? Yeah, it depends who you ask. Like I think from a qualitative perspective, if your organization starts to become known for being great at customer advocacy, what you'll find is customers will come out of the woodwork and be like, hey, I saw you did a video with Allison. Like we're keen to be advocates. Like we would love to, to be part of that. You know, and I think that is a really good measure of are you building this organic sort of customer advocacy flywheel? You know, and that means being okay with not perfect content. It means dropping it into a newsletter, just chucking it onto social. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just about building that flywheel. So it's volume sometimes and building that muscle. Obviously from a data perspective, is it moving deals through faster? Like is it increasing conversion rates by having a piece of social proof on a you know sign up page or an upgrade page within product? There's so many ways that you can just drop social proof onto a page. 
in a PLG motion and say, does this increase conversion? So that's definitely helpful. And even a top of funnel, like when you're doing your, if you are doing paid ads, you know, having that piece of customer advocacy content out there, if it's, you know, authentic and UGC, does it increase acquisition? Does it make decrease your CPA? So you, you can basically measure it like you would anything else as a piece of content. That's my long-winded answer to it. I love that. You'd mentioned as part of your answer that in a lot of cases, customers will see that another customer recorded a vouch and then they'll raise their hand and say, I, hey, I, you know, I'd like to do this too. I think that's really interesting evidence of maybe the fallacy of the old way of thinking, which is that we have to protect our customers from sharing customer stories. Maybe we did have to do that when we were asking them to spend an hour in a room with a videographer. But totally. you know, if it's really just asking someone to record a couple minute video, it's low workload for them. And, and actually, you know, maybe you're doing them sort of a service in a way because they're able to get publicity for what they've done with your product, which actually can be career advancing for a lot of people. I couldn't agree more. Like if, if you buy a product as a customer or use a product as a customer, a lot of the people are making big decisions around those products. You know, they're going into an organization and saying, I want to use XCRM. I believe in it. I think it's going to work really well for us. That can be a, a, a huge decision for someone to bring into a team. If it goes well, they absolutely want to talk about it. You know, they want to say, I was the advocate for that product, you know, and I think, I think in this day and age as well, people are more comfortable with recording video. We've seen like the conversion rate of vouch links to videos back increase pretty dramatically in the last six months. I will like give a shout out to our product team because the product has driven a lot of that. Some of the changes we made to the recording experience, but I think people are just also comfortable with, Hey, are you okay if I record this on a walk or are you cool if I just do this while I'm making dinner for my kids? And those are the best pieces of content too. So I think it's this like flywheel of people getting more comfortable highlighting them in the, in the organization. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Like people are proud to become advocates for the right product. And it's a testament to your product. If you're doing a great job as a team, as a CS team, if the product's awesome and you have this customer love, like it's good validation that you're, you're building the right way if you can get it. I want to talk a bit about your go-to-market. I know you've been really thoughtful about thinking about how to make the product available to people and that you've you know, chosen a self-serve model. Why is product-led growth the right strategy for you? And, and how did your thought process around that maybe give you insight into how other founders should be thinking about their choice of go-to-market? Well, it's been a journey for me. Like I, I was in a traditional sort of sales-led model for a long time, running sales teams and, and scaling that out across this user-generated content group, which was phenomenal. Like the sales team we had was amazing and the CS team was amazing. And we built this incredible engine of, of revenue through go-to-market from a sales perspective. But there was always friction, right? Like people asked for trials or, hey, can we just get a 30-day demo? Or, you know, can we use it for free for a month? So like there was always friction points in the deal where we'd say, you know, sorry, can't do that. That's not how it works. So I think that sort of was like, okay, this was kind of before PLG was trending, I guess. And, and shout out to Atlassian, who was probably, as an Aussie counterpart, he was probably the, the original PLG without knowing it or labeling it. And I think, you know, then I went to Canva and that's the PLG engine they built is insane. It's honestly so impressive. Like everything from the SEO approach to templates and like the way the team is geared up, like everything is geared up around how do we make this frictionless and super valuable as a product for a user and, you know, the founders genuinely want the most incredible free product they can. And obviously then revenue comes because there are features that are gated, but the value of a, of a hugely feature-rich free product is something I took away. And then we brought it into Vouch. So can you create a scenario where someone can get a video from a customer, do some basic editing and share it within a couple of days for free? That's a huge unlock for people that were traditionally stuck on video. 
We even got a number of like smaller businesses that come through, like individual one or two people companies that are like, we couldn't live without Vouch now because we just can't afford to do video production, but this is perfect for us. And I think that that's a really good validator of that PLG approach. So I'm very passionate about it. I think it's not for everyone. Like your product has to earn the right to be a freemium product. You've got to make it simple. People have to get the value very quickly. Like one of our things is how quickly can someone export a video from Vouch? And we look at that as a metric. And then some products which are complex just don't lend themselves well to premium. But maybe there's ways you can do it through templates or other really valuable tooling before they get into product to make it premium. But some products are just better as a free trial where it requires a bit of setup. You get handheld throughout that free trial. But I think this notion of going into someone and saying, you must buy this five-year deal at this point without trying anything, without providing any value in a sales cycle is probably not going to remain for much longer, in my opinion. It's controversial, but... So Gary, wrapping up here, I'm thinking of reasons why people might want to use Vouch. What would you say are the top couple of use cases that should inspire someone to go you know, solicit a Vouch from someone? Testimonials and customer advocacy should be in the front of everyone's mind. And by the way, that obviously for SaaS and a lot of our companies are SaaS companies as customers, but we do have recruitments and legal firms and accountants that come through for Vouch and they have amazing customer stories to tell. So it's actually like the customer can be at the heart of every organization. We've ten the last few months, like we've had this really beautiful story where actually funeral homes have discovered vouchers. It must be something in virality where they're all talking to each other. And there's like, there are these beautiful vouchers being created as remote eulogies for people. So it's again, storytelling through video for, for an important cause for someone's life, which we think is really nice to see come through. We obviously nurture that. But I think testimonials and customer advocacy, employee brand is a huge one. It's cliche, but the market is pretty wild. Like I think all the power has probably shifted to to employees recently. And I think that's not a bad thing, but organizations just need to understand that the best story they can tell is through the eyes of their happy employees, right? So employee brand, I think short form video in that space makes a ton of sense. Again, with Vouch, the other things we see coming through is like even just user feedback, you know, hey, I don't want to get on a call and talk through this an hour. Do you have any feedback for us? These three questions, you can get that through video. So anything that requires that structured guidance for someone to record video is great for Vouch. But yeah, our top three are testimonials or top four testimonials employer brand sales enablement so we see a lot of the sales enablement community come through to vouch and use it for like win loss reviews for remote reps educational content a lot of sales teams have a couple of amazing reps and how do you get that knowledge into the rest of the group to skill them up so people use vouch to do that through sort of give us your win loss reviews tell us what happened on this deal are there any tips you have for the rest of the team that's a really cool use case that we've seen come through and then i think like from a recruitment perspective A lot of people come to us and say, I'm sitting on these Zoom calls with candidates that are sort of not quite right. They're disinterested. I've wasted hours of time. Could we use Vouch to pre-screen them? You know, so can you send a candidate a link and say, especially in customer-facing roles, like, hey, can you just talk through why you're interested in the company? You know, some of the reasons that you might want to talk with us. And actually, you can use it as a great filter before taking them into that longer interview process. So those are kind of our top four, but there's, there's heaps more that we're seeing come through, which are a bit strange. Gary, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing your insights, and also thank you for just being on this mission to bring customers to the forefront of what every company does. I'm really psyched for you and for the companies that you're serving. Thank you so much, Alison. It's awesome. Thank you very much.